All right, folks, welcome back to another glorious episode of the Boombastic Cast. With me, Machu, and the great and the powerful, the most handsome, the biggest dick dude in the building, Alexander Hockenstein. How you doing over there, Alexander Hockenstein? Doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right. You know, we're coming. We had a little, uh, we had a little hold up. We had a guest coming with us this evening and, uh, they must have forgot they were coming with us this evening. So Steven Spielberg, we're not mad at you, but you know, I think you blew our first big guest episode of, of the new year. We're supposed to have Steven Spielberger on the fucking Boombastic cast, but he's getting ready for Amistad too. So we can't pull that off. And uh we figured, what the hell, why not? We'll kick into a solo episode real quick. We got a little break from the film today, which is very nice. We've been killing it with the film. The Wicked Hollows is going to be rocking its way towards you got eyeballs in no time. And I think you guys are going to dig it. You know what I mean? But with that being said, there was a few things in the current world of film that we wanted to tap into this evening. You know what I mean? Um you know, the strike, we'll kick off with the strike because the strike just stopped and I don't think we ever really got into it. You know, for anybody out there that was wondering what the strike was, Alex might be better averse to this because he moves around the world doing big, big budgeted films and such. And I just stay in my basement making fucking movies. So like what was going on, I believe is that, you know, the AI, they didn't want to pay actors because they want to do. They just want to have them do eight, like, like a comp- get their voice or get their likeness and then be able to continue to use that instead of actually paying the actors, which is an issue. Um, and then I think they're also getting the AI was writing. They were going to have the AI, AI write the scripts as opposed to giving it to a regular writer, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, here's, here's the thing. And again, I'll be the first one to uh, say this. Um, if I get any of my facts wrong or information, I'm getting the, this information like from third parties. I'm not SAG, uh, so I am not, I don't get the press release or anything of exactly all the things they agreed to, what they're not agreeing to, and so forth and so on. Hmm. But from the little pieces I, I have been able to, uh, put together. Now, strike is officially over, but I think, and don't quote me on this, that they still, well, well, they have. I, I think it's more of like a ceasefire because they're able to go work and all that. But I think that they still need like some people on like the SAG committee to actually, you know, sign off on the deal. Yeah, and I know some people have said that are uh, closer to it that the deal shits mm. and that it's it's uh, supposedly with streaming. Uh, it's, uh, what they're doing with the streaming is they're going to, uh, have them do like a lump fund, like a bonus if you get on a film, uh, on streaming instead of like paying you per episode or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, how much it is depends on probably what the agents are able to, uh, figure out with, uh, the specific movie and so forth and so on. Um, but the big thing is the AI because the producers, uh, they're money hungry, you know, CEOs, like a lot of them. Yeah. And they're looking for ways to get their budget, their money to be a lot more than, um, and of course, those who suffer are the creatives, those who actually create the story and, and, and all of that. 
Now, it's in their mind, it's easier to, you know, write off actors and, and instead of like writing off writers. That's why they they came to uh, terms with the writers earlier because honestly, uh, I've tried my hand at some of the writing AI just just to try to see how it works and all that. And the writing AI at this point, you know, will only give you rudimentary cookie cutter, you know, uh, you know, scripts and, 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 and plots and all that. Be a lot of, Hey honey, how you doing, honey? How's the breakfast, honey? What are we doing? Yeah. Honey yeah a lot of that kind of, kind of stuff. And of course you can do that, get an initial idea, then walk off of that and prove it. But in the end, you need someone who actually knows how to write, how to make a script, and how to actually do interesting plot things. Because ever so, if you don't have people like that, it's going to be extremely boring, and people are not going to see it anyway. you got to put some heart um, and soul in there. Yeah. But with actors, what they're trying to do, from what I read, mm-hmm. is that, for example, if, let's say I get cast in a Marvel movie, and I come up, and it's a franchise movie. What, from what I heard, is that their plan is to give me uh, a flat fee for not only that movie, but also to generate my AI likeness, so they can take my voice, my hair, all that. And then, if uh, they do twenty other movies off of that, they don't need to pay me anymore, and they just use my you know digital likeness to you know, do the movie for, you know, cheaper than paying me my fee for every single movie. Uh, which, of course, I mean, is a sure way to screw over actors. Yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, it's it's so hard for people to, you know, make a living doing anything creative. Mm-hmm. I know that I've come into this situation talking to people that a lot of people... They love watching movies, they love reading books, they love arts, but they do not like the artist. Mm. They hate the artist. Because in their opinion, the artist is doing something that they don't consider work. Mm. And they're getting paid for it. So that's why a lot of people seem to be like, well, you know, you should be happy that you get anything for what you do. Because, you know, I, I remember as a kid, you know, saying, hey, I, I want to be an actor. I want to make movies. And people were like, you can't make a living at that, which is true. Even before the strike and all that, I think I read the an, uh, the average income, the average income yeah. for an actor is like $10,000 per year. Okay. We talking heavyweight or like the middle middleweight? You know what I mean. I feel the middleweight and lower weight. If you take everyone together, from the Dwayne Rock Johnsons to the guy who did um, a a featured extra role on Mad Men, you know, once you take all the people in SAG and then you crunch all the numbers. In the end, the average is about ten thousand. So you look at. The real difference between Dwayne The Rock Johnson is probably being paid $20 million to do That's the point. That's the point. So the people who are doing the background and all that are maybe getting, let's say, 1000 per year. Okay? 
I, dude, I do. The Rock, though, the Rock makes more. Are you trying to say the Rock makes fucking ten thousand dollars a year? I would not be surprised. I do. I no, no. I'm not saying ten thousand dollars a year. I'm talking about yeah. But the fact is, okay, he's making millions of dollars. Correct. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the, the actors making millions of dollars are one percent yeah. of the entire the entire uh, 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 SAG actors. Right. Okay, so you one percent making the millions and billions of dollars as actors. Most of the people who are actors aren't even making ten thousand dollars so they can get you know um, uh, benefits and that kind of stuff. Okay. True. Yeah, it's it's more of like I was saying. I think it's more of a middle class, lower lower class of acting. There's no middle class. That's the problem. No? There's no middle class. It's it's the poor and the super rich. Okay. I mean, even degree, those no. that I've talked to, those that you see, you know, popping up in episode after episode, there's guest spots here and there. Okay, you look at how much money they make, how much they end up making the residuals. A lot of these people still have to hold down regular nine to five jobs so yeah. they can make enough money to live. Correct. I mean, the fact is, making your life as an actor, okay, and especially in a, a, a life that is, you know, where you, all your basic needs are, 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 are met, is extremely low. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm trying to get. And the fact is that if you, you know, crunch all the numbers, okay, in the end, most of the people aren't making the living wage as actors. And that's that's why the whole SAG thing happened. Um, I was talking to someone who said that uh, they got like a residual check of a film that they did, uh, you know, five years ago, and the residual check was like five cents. Mm. Okay. Uh, so that's that's pretty much, and 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 of course, people are just a lot of people just write it off as like, well, you know, be glad for you know the little bit of money you make because a lot of people don't have respect for artists. Right. I mean, they respect the art, but they don't respect the artists. True. They don't think that they deserve to get paid a reasonable uh, a reasonable money. It's right. kind of a they think that all of them are making. They think that they're all making buku dollars. Yeah, but the thing is, they're not, and that's what what drives me crazy. Is that you know, you, you you're talking to someone like, oh yeah, I'm I'm working on a film, I'm I'm doing that. And they're like, oh, you must be loaded. Like, no, you still have to understand that those who are loaded is only one percent of the entire en- enchilada. I agree, because I you know. Like my, my, I am. I think everybody should be paid for what they do, and I know people will look at actors and 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 people like that and be like, "Well, I mean, it's not really work," which it is. Me and the Hawkman and a lot of the people listening know it's work, dude, because you are preparing. You know, you you're going in, you're doing the thing. You might not be building a house, you know what I mean, or building a building, you know, but it's it's still work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah. and of course, the the sad thing is that okay, people. Sit down, like, uh, looking at, you know, these films, and you look at Robert Downey Jr. walking away with a, you know, a few million dollars for King's a- Ransom, a damn King's Ransom. Yeah, and and the fact is, yeah, but then again, look at, uh, let's see, uh, some of the smaller actors, the small re- uh, supporting roles that you know you you overlook. 
You know, they come in. Like our boy Wallace Shawn, dude. Yeah. Lives probably in a one-bedroom house with his significant other. And, you know, it's tough times. You know what I mean? It's Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, you don't know. I mean, you can go and, 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 uh, and, and sit down and look at everyone's, you know, because I the the problem about doing acting is it's it's a creative art form, but the problem with that is people don't get paid for the talent; they get paid for getting butts in seats. Right. Okay. And the reason they pay Robert Downey Jr. so much is they're like people don't give a fuck about the movie. The movie can suck. And and they usually do. But Robert Downey Jr.'s in it, people are going to go see it. Plain and simple. You it think, doesn't matter what the product is. Do you think the what do you think do you think the problem could be the fact that there are actors making twenty million dollars a movie? That's kinda of, it's well I love the, actors, the, dude, but it's kind of, making twenty million dollars to fucking make a movie is kind of absurd to me. I it's absurd it, it, what what's absurd is that for them to make like that, let's say the the next uh, Marvel movie, uh, it's probably in the billions, Correct. okay? And the fact is that's ridiculous. And because of doing that, a lot of smaller, you know, art house movies or you know smaller movies, a lot of them get you know overlooked or just not made because they're putting all these money in these big franchises. Well, and the fact is, they're pumping these shit out like fucking shit, uh, shit house, uh, Big Macs out of McDonald's. It kind okay? of makes me wonder, though. It's like if an actor, if you take an actor that makes twenty million dollars a film, and if they only took ten million dollars for a film and feed it back, I know there's been a lot of um, solidarity throughout this thing. You know, with a lot, of, you know, standing up for your fellow actor type deal. But it's like if maybe if I know they get caught up in these lifestyles and they go, well, I I was getting twenty million dollars a film and it, that ain't enough because my house and my hobbies are fifteen million. So like fifteen million of that twenty's gone because of that. And it's like I almost feel like there's a little bit of um, it's very it's a, it's a weird deal because like I don't know, feel the, it's just way too much money going out there's way too much money to make these films you know when when it's kind of a dark deal and then you got the the actors making this money which is like i think everybody should be paid for what they're doing but like damn if you want to take a real stand or something like take you know half of that give give half of that paycheck back dude but i think they are caught up in these lifestyles where like they can't escape their lifestyles. Usually, when you when you talk to an actor or something, and they live modestly, there's really no ish. You know what I mean? It's when they have, it's when Johnny Depp spends fucking three million dollars on wine a year. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It's oh, 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 friggin' uh, Will Smith has his private jet with his own private runway. I heard Will Smith needs his privacy. If you know what I mean, that's what I've been hearing. But yeah, um, yeah you well, know, it's yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, here's the thing, okay? I understand that um, everyone should be paid. Yeah. You know? I mean, if if you're the lead of the film, 
okay, and you are the tentpole, yes, you should be paid more than the featured extra in scene 22. For okay? sure. Yeah. yeah. But there's, but this is an overall problem, not just with Hollywood, but the entire society we Sports, live in. Yeah, everything. Yeah, it is, is the fact that in the end, even you look at, for example, of, let's say, Will Smith, okay? He makes Big $20 million for, for a movie, okay? Yeah. But the producers of that movie are making $80 billion. Uh, twenty billion. Oh, uh, they're they're making a shit lot more money than Will Smith. If you look at how much Will Smith is making, and you look at how much uh, out of that movie, and how much the uh, producers are making, the producers are making a lot more. And you can yeah. argue that the producers are putting in the money to make the movie, making sure everything you know goes right and all that. It's a hat. As a dude that works both behind and in front of the camera, dude, you could, you could equal, I would have to say that a lot of the, if you're talking about the brunt of the work, it's falling on those producers. Like you have your, your producer producer that kind of makes it happen. You have your executive producer that brings yeah. money in. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is, yeah, I definitely do think that, that they deserve to get, you know, paid, uh, as, uh, you know, uh, you know, for their work and all that, as well as an actor. But the thing is that in the end, okay, if the producer doesn't have the actors right. or the script or right. the crew and all that to right. make the film, they don't have a product. Now, the producers don't give a fuck about whether the product is good, okay? Right. All they care about is, hey, some of them do. But. He put something on this, put this out, and people are like, oh man, I want to see it. Mm. Yeah, and and sometimes it's good. A lot of times it is bullshit because they don't take the time. That's why they want to, you know, bring in AI so they can. Well, if we don't have to pay Williams uh, Will Smith for his role, and we can just have AI Will Smith, you know, we pay him this say twenty million for this film and use his likeness for the next 80 films. And, you know, in the long run, that saves us a shitload of money. So we can have bigger profits. That's kind of the end of where it is. Because like music, like right now in music, you have artists that are selling their catalogs away before they die for a large sum of money. Because instead of like, you know, the, the, you know, let's say you put out an, you, you got an album that's out and it's generating, you know, every, Every year you make $3 million off that album. You know what I mean? And it's like, then they approach you and say, well, how about you just sell us everything and we'll give you what you would get for the next 20 years at once now. And then you don't got to worry about it. Now they no longer own their catalog and the, 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 the label could really do whatever they want. They could send out younger people to, to play that music. You know what I mean? They could do AI. They could do the holograms. You know what I mean? Um, so I got a question for you real quick is like, what would be your take on uh, an actor of that caliber that once made twenty million dollars, getting maybe a modest five, but they get but back end is where they make their money. So it's almost like if you were, it's every movie's a gamble, but it's almost like if you truly believe in this or where it could be going, you take the back end. And people do it all the time. I think Tarantino is big on back end now because his movies he knows is fucking gold, printing money. 
Um, but like an actor taking that route. Now we've talked to filmmakers before that said back end is a joke. Um, well, we talked to Adam Green of Hatchet and Frozen. And he said, you know, the money that he lives off is the money he's paid to make the film. He said, back end money. You hardly ever see it. It's one of those things. Yeah. Well, the thing is that, um, for the most end, back end money, uh, back end money is a joke. Uh, especially if you're an independent filmmaker. Okay. Well, that you talking about Will Smith money when you talk about back end money? Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. Okay. <laughs> the thing is back end money. Okay. It all depends on the distributor that you go through. Now, if, if, I mean, for example, uh, you look at Star Wars. Okay. You had Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and all that. Now, mm-hmm. from what I've heard, okay, they weren't paid a lot for the first Star Wars movie. Right. But I think George Lucas said, hey, I can give you a percentage on, like, the toy sales. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah. Okay? And in that, it ended up paying off great for them. But again, if you think of it at that moment, yeah. that was a huge gamble. No one had any idea Star Wars was going to make up. Star Wars was a dumb um, little sci-fi movie that, you know, was probably going to end up being on the bees, uh, be on, like, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. I, I wonder- mean, that's I wonder if they continued to get all that action figure money up into the current films. Or if well, it, the if, ones they it, were it, part it of. all depends on the contract. See, the contract Agreed. is where where all this boils down to. Whether you get I'm just exactly, a curious boy. Yeah, you get exactly what you want on 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 the back end. And it all boils down to how the contract is worded. And for example, if you have Will Smith, okay. And he goes in and they're like, okay, well, uh, I can only give you a couple mil for the film, but, uh, you can get, let's say, 2% back on the back end of this movie that's going to have merchandising and so much that, you know, uh, like that. And, and the fact is, Will Smith has probably the best lawyers in the business. And yeah, he's going to have those lawyers sit down with a with a fine uh, with a microfine glass, going over everything in the contract to make sure that if all the act, uh, uh, merchandise that comes out, that he gets a good percentage. And in the end, he probably you know end up making more money than he would have if they just gave him the upfront. Now the fact is, the only way I think you can tackle this is to get up uh, you definitely have to get something up front because the back end is not guaranteed and you've got a lot of people in the industry they'll you know they'll word the contract in such a way that uh that it, they can easily you know give you say well you know you don't get any back end because we spent this on marketing we spent this on this on 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 this uh interview with Jimmy Fallon and you to promote the film. We spend money on this. We mm-hmm. spend money flying you to hear that to promote this. Yeah. And because of that, you know, we don't have the money to give you. I mean, that's uh, that's a lot of things I hear from people that, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, they promised me something on the back end. And when it comes, they're like, well, there's no money on the back end because we've already spent it promoting the film. 
That's that's a common trick with distributors. Yeah. From what I've heard. And well, again, but, I mean, this is all stuff I I heard. Whether it's uh, true or not, I mean, I'm just going by what you know I I've heard and talked with other people in the industry. And and the fact is, it's it's a shell game. Everyone's playing with the money, and the people who always end up making the most money is uh, the people at the top because they got the, the the best lawyers and they got things all planned out so they can make the most money off the project. And of course, the issue is if you constantly, you know, nickel and dime those who are creating the content for you. You're going to get worse content. And also, I mean, very soon, I mean, there's a lot of actors and actresses that they go out to Hollywood. They, they only there for a little bit. They could be even better than some of the A-list stars we have, but they don't make it because they're not given the opportunity and, uh, and they're just pushed out. A lot of them have to, you know, finally give up and go get, take nine to five jobs. Do you think that the the real fight was between these one percent actors and the producers and the everybody else was just casualties of war? Yeah, I think so too. Because like I think that's where the real the real pull, the real back and forth is, is between the producers and these. You know, like I said, dude, I love all like not all of them, but I have the, the certain big actors that I love and like I think they're great. But I, way too much money, dude. For you to be paid $20 million, those people fucking starving to death in the streets, man. In your own city that they're living in. Yeah. California is like the worst for the homeless right now. Homeless, they're fucking everywhere. It's like when you're making $20 million for not even six months worth of work, something you kind of forget about when it's gone. Yeah, you put, there's a craft to it. Yeah, these people do work hard when they do these performances. But at the end of the day, dude, it's like, it's just like athletes. It's like, you guys, it's a city. You, you did this inch. We all did the same shit in high school. You go play fucking football, some basketball. You don't even pay a million dollars to do it. Be proud of the fact you accomplished your dream. You moved up to the big leagues in it. Same thing. And, you know, you go to high school theater. You, 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 people act their hearts out, give their best. They're doing it for the craft. They're not making gigantic money. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, I think it's something up with them actors being a little too pampered. And I think, you know, Hollywood, when they were beefing with them, they were like, yo, we're not going to stop this strike until the, the fucking people are starving to death. And earlier when I, when you brought up the script thing, you need a script. Of course, I don't want to, I don't want to take anything away from writers because writers is one of the most hardest job, the time sensitive, you know, you're, you're, you put your heart and soul into something and they fucking annihilate and tear it apart, ask you to come back later and fix it. And they blame you if it's fucked up. You know what I mean? It's it's a wild ride, man. But I do think that, yeah, the casualties of war are the actors that don't make it. And the supporting acts, you know what I mean, which we all love, you know, that, that, that might have to have another job. And then even, you know, all the way to background, I personally don't think that back, I mean, background's more of a hobby in my opinion. If, you know, if you're going to pursue acting, you're going to want to do more than just be the fucking 50 hundredth person in a baseball stand. Yeah, I get you the 140 bucks a day, but you're not really pursuing the goal and dream that you set out to originally pursue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing is, 
that I mean I, uh, through interviews through people we've talked to I mean there's there's two, there's really two minds of of actors I find there are those who they're good at it and they do it they look at it like any other job they look at it like you know working at an office or something they go in they do their thing they go home I mean and it's not a huge thing to them okay it's it's what they do to pay the bills plain and simple. Hey. And you take a director, even a bit like a, a big director that's doing a big Hollywood film. Like I almost feel like they're not even in the fight. If their producers there, I think it's really between the producers and these big actors. A director, I feel, feels blessed to be able to be able to make movies in the big leagues like that. So I and, and directors can be unless you're somebody very important, you can easily be pushed out and somebody else moved right in. So I think that they know their place. But I think uh, the producers are the producers have God complex, you know, for sure. Yeah, the, I mean, Bob Iger is a perfect example. I mean, Elon Musk one. told Bob Iger go fuck himself. I like Elon Musk. I like him. He's an interesting dude. I want to have dinner with him and Mike Tyson. But well, anyway, no romance, no romance, just dinner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a big. I mean, Bob Iger is the one who says, oh, we're going to keep on doing this till you know, they're starving in the streets. I, yeah, what a scumbag thing to do. Yeah, uh, but I mean, the thing is, honestly, I mean, SAG pretty much let him, you know, walk all over him, from what I've heard, with still allowing, you know, the, the, uh, the whole AI thing. I mean, I heard that supposedly they could... Uh, uh, have you go through audition? Have you take time with you uh, to to get to a point where they're like, you know what, we like you. You're going to play this lead in this big film, but you have to at this moment sign over your likeness for possible AI generation for future films, or you know you don't have the job. You're out, and we'll find someone else. Producers known to be so shysty, though. I can understand the actor not wanting to do that because again it's their meal ticket and the producer if they they'll find a loophole dude that if it's like yeah, yeah we get your likeness now now you don't need to bring will smith back for bad boys five you could just use his likeness and cheat him out of everything you know what i mean i can understand that for sure and the background yeah. actors you know used to you know if you need to fill up a stadium you know takes a lot of people and uh that's 140 bucks a day that's yeah. non-union. If you're yeah, well, you make it a little more. Make it a little more. Uh, but here's the thing, okay? Now, yeah. okay, looking at... He, here's the thing. Uh, if, if SAG... SAG, uh, From what I hear, SAG agrees to this. Yeah. Now, most of SAG is background actors. That's yeah. probably most of... I agree with that. ...who actually are SAG actors. Are featured extras or extras and all that. Because, I mean, you got 1% who are the big meal tickets. The Dwayne The Rock Johnsons, the Robert Downey Jr.'s, the Will Smiths. Then, you know, you have the supporting actors, which, you know, is is another good chunk. But in, in the end, there's not a lot of supporting actors that, you know... Uh, that that are, are, are there still in the end you still have so many of these people who want to become actors that have you know kept on doing all the background stuff hoping that one day someone will look at them and say hey this pull them out and have them 
have two lines with the lead or something, and then that'll, you know, lead them to something better. I mean, SAG, well, I agree with SAG doing the strike to try to get a better deal for the actors and all that. SAG itself is a, a shy to begin with. Yes, yeah, the mafia. It's that you, yeah. you pay your dues, you pay into their system. They use yeah, and the thing is, what they're selling you, what they're selling you is is just the dream. The hope that, you know, someday uh, you'll make it. But in the someday end... You'll be, you'll be that 300,000 person in the state. Yeah, but, but, but I mean... But, but, if, if, no but, but if they... Right but if they agree about the whole AI with the background, that's cutting SAG's, you know, legs beneath them because, I mean, m- most of the, the SAG actors probably a background. I mean, we're talking about m- many a people, okay? For sure. If you start dissecting a lot, I mean, you look at so many people that their entire career in acting is just background. I so that's a whole chunk of people that were on the picket lines, that were, you know, fighting for a SAG to get a better deal for them in... It's like a in, weird purgatory. And that if if... AIs then replace background. There's a whole shit load of people out of work. SAG's a weird purgatory where it's like, yeah, you're entering into the union, but it's like if you're if you want to be Tom Cruise, if you want to be you know Juliet Lewis, you want to be you know Eddie Will Smith, you know what I mean? You want to be whoever. Like if those are your aspirations, it's very difficult for you to get from. You know the dude thirty feet away drinking a coffee while the while Tom Cruise is doing his dialogue. If you're trying to get from that to Tom Cruise, man, it's almost impossible, and it's proven. Yeah, it is. It is impossible because right, I'll let you finish. My here's, here's, sure, I'll let you finish what I was going to say. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to have real producer actor beef in a little bit here. I was like, if you're passionate about it, go for it because. The only thing I know, the only thing I'll say about the SAG thing is this, uh, with solidarity, there's a lot of actors that were SAG actors that reached out to their, their non-union brethren to help them and support them. When before the strike, you talk to some union actors and they don't even consider non-union actors actors, but. Because they need them to join their side and help them out and don't want them to do their work while they're gone. Because if they, if non-union actors took over the SAG actors work while they're gone, there'd be no need for them. They'd, they'd be like, well, why would we pay them this money if we can pay them cheaper? But now they're going the cheaper route of let's not pay anybody. Let's just do the AI fake people. But it's a weird deal. The SAG thing kind of rubbed me. Rub me the wrong way because, you know, in in the indie world that we're in, you stumble into people, you lose actors to SAG, and it's like, man, that's a bummer because we lost you, but I also knew what your passion was. I knew what your goal was. I know where you wanted to end up as an actor, and you're not going to get there doing that. They're just going to throw you in background shit, and you're never going to be able to fucking progress to that place that I know you want to be at. When I, You know what I mean? So it's tricky with joining the union and then they milk you for money. And then it's like, well, okay, I'm a professional background actor. Now I need to continue to do this so I can have money to live. And we've had people on the show before talk about if you do background, don't put it on your resume because once they see you do a bunch of background, that's all they're going to take you for. You know what I mean? 
And it's very unfortunate. Like you were saying, dude, I think they sell the dream to people to keep their pockets fat, like every other oh, yeah. company. And uh, it's very upsetting because I can understand where they're coming from, but I also know and have seen it firsthand, the treatment that a union actor will give to a non-union actor is so fucked up. Like even, and I've done non-union background and like, they give you like rotten fruit and fucking salad for lunch when they give the union people fucking the good deal. It's definitely like you go, you, if you want to know, you do do one day on a Hollywood film. If you want to know the difference between union and non-union, you'll figure that out pretty quick, dude. You're in a fucking sweatshop pretty much when you're non-union. And I will give them, okay, cool, you're paying for that. But you got the dues for to be, for, you got to pay in, first of all, to SAG, and then you got to pay your monthly dues. And I just don't think that it's worth it anymore. Maybe maybe when there was no movies for people to be in, maybe get your foot in the door. Maybe if you're blessed enough to kind of link up with a bigger actor or a director that likes you and brings you into the next thing. But there's so many actors out there now that it's just not that way. You know what I mean? It's flooded, dude. The whole industry is flooded. There's so many people want to act, you know, direct, produce, you know, less producers actually. But um, so many people want to act. So many people want to direct. And millions of people pop up every day wanting to do it. And they have the free right to do that. I'm not saying they shouldn't. But, like, the industry's flooded. And when there's so many people, it's like, what, what are you going to do? You can't give everybody something. But let's take their money. Let's take their money so we can do whatever we want to do. You know, it's 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 an unfortunate thing. But that always rubbed me the wrong way about the union strike is it's like I've seen a lot of people that I know for a fact have witnessed myself look down on non-union actors and be and think that because they don't pay their dues, they don't pay into an organization that they're not real actors, which is the most fucked up thing of all time. It's like, remember that you're paying to be a part of this club. Like, remember that. Like, yeah, you're, you're everybody's actors. They're all actors, but because you pay into a fucking club makes you better. Nah, I've seen actors that were union actors that were dog shit. Couldn't act themselves out of a paper bag, but because they pay their dues, they feel like they're fucking Robert De Niro Jr. And then I've seen some non-union actors. I'm looking at one right now that's an incredible actor. You know what I mean? Oh, so that, that shit bothered. I'm looking at myself. I was looking at myself. Sorry, the uh, uh, you know, Alex is the greatest of all time. But like that, I found that so aggravating, dude. Throughout this whole strike, because it was like, dude, come on. It's like, don't be like, oh, I'm your buddy now. I'm your buddy because I need you to stand by me and support me. And like, it's gonna go back. And I know it's gonna go back to once they get what they want. It's going to go back to non-union actors are fucking garbage people and we're supreme because we pay money and it's very unfortunate. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely some good actors that are union, of course, but it's like, I always hated that fact that it was like, because you're able to pay into a group, you're a better actor. Bullshit. Bullshit, dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing is that, uh, it's always been this way in Hollywood. So it's even worse now. Uh, where you know, I remember I had a friend that back when there was a TV series called Boardwalk Empire. Oh yeah, good show. Great show. Steve Buscemi's our boy. Hmm? Steve Buscemi's our boy, dude. We go. Oh, heck yeah. We lunch with Great him. Show. Um, Upstate. And my friend, he went there. He auditioned, and uh, uh, for a a guest role. 
okay, that ended up um, being uh, multiple episodes. Yeah. Now, he said that afterwards the casting director went up to him and said, you know, you were really great. Honestly, probably the best actor that we saw for the role. Mm. But, and that's the but. Oh, yeah. But no one knows you. Mm. You're not known. Okay? And we can only get known actors for the guest roles in this show. Mm. So they gave him a featured cop role on, like, one or two episodes, which, you know, yeah, he got, like, you know, paid whatever, you know, featured extras get. Yeah. But uh, you have someone who's talented, who can do the role, who, yeah, okay, you, how do you get known? I mean, this whole thing is like, oh, we can only get known actors. So please explain to me how, how this this mysterious Catch-22 situation where uh, we can only get known actors, but yet, you know, you are a better actor than the known actors. So, but, so you have to get, you know, this shit stuff and get paid shit mm. and pushed aside because, you know, someone else's brother's uncle's former roommate, uh, you, you know, you, you met in college once and they liked you. It's all right. We'll get, we'll, we'll give you this quick walk on thing and maybe in 20, 25 years, you can go yeah, down to yeah. the next level. If you, you and, and, yes. Yeah. yeah. And there are stories of, and there's few of them, stories of people that, weren't known that the right casting director met them at the right time. They had a role they couldn't cast and they found, found this person. They first them in and, you know, they suddenly have, have a great career. Mm. That has happened. It's a very rare occurrence, but it has happened. Pam, I mean, Land- they- Pam Landison, they found her in a whole stadium full of people. Yeah. And that's how she was found. Claude Van Damme. He was a featured extra in, in, in in a film, and then, you know, he got, you know, picked out of obscurity. JCVD, he was the villain in his first karate movie. Little People, No no Retreat, No Surrender, classic. Yeah. Very for, close friend of the Boombasticast. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact is, uh, Matt and I do this because we, we love film, we love, I love acting, he loves uh, directing and producing, we love telling stories. Directing, yeah. That's, and, and the thing is that we'll probably keep doing this till, you know, we dead die. So we did. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and the fact is that we also have our eyes open. We also know that, you know, people like us, Hollywood doesn't like because we actually are creative people. No. Okay. We actually want to create something fun or interesting or different or, Instead of doing the the hundredth remake of of uh, Romeo and Juliet, okay, and it's 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 just ridiculous when you look at all all this stuff going down. And and the way I see it is that you know, mark my words, uh, another few years, very soon, most of the films that uh, that come out, you're going to have nothing but AI generated people. And also going with that, he got them trying to get rights for actors that have died, get their likeness, and put them in in the film. Yeah, and they're like, dude, they've had the time; they've done great work. Don't just diminish their work by just throwing a face on another person. Like, hey, look, uh, 
we're doing Avengers uh, 200, and we got uh, Ronnie Dangerfield and Humphrey Bogart drinking, uh, you know, wine in the background, or you know, having a cameo scene with uh, Captain America. Do you think and, it's all? Do you think the whole thing's a ploy to cheapen cinema and take yeah. it away, take it away from the art form that it once was? Because the art form that it once was made people think and feel things. And they don't want yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, think about now. I mean, I I have a hard time thinking of any movies hmm. within the life like ten to twenty years that I think really, really, you know, either touched my soul or made me think about a situation in a way I didn't think, and wasn't trying to talk down to me. Or try to be, you know, insulting, mm. or, or just, you know, just, you know, awful. I mean, uh, you you watch these things, and even the ones that they're trying to teach a message, or they're trying to, you know, show a different point of view. Mm. Now it, it's it's more of like, you know, they're, they're they're standing on the soapbox instead of trying to make a good story. That teaches you this, which brings you in. They're just like, well, you know what? Uh, here's some flashy lights. This jingle these keys in front of you and tell you you should do this, which um, is is just just a waste. I mean, the fact is, what makes life worth living is art, creativity. Mm. You know, and you you look at things today like our cell phones and other great technology advances. A lot of them you can go back to old B sci-fi films where they first came out. Like, hey, a tricorder from Star Trek. You know, now is was a sci-fi device back then. Is now pretty much what uh, was a precursor to our cell phones. Mm-hmm. And the fact is. What pushes a society forward is thinking outside the box, trying something new. And with all these, you know, franchise movies and and, and all that, while I enjoy them, they're good for wasting a, a Friday night when you're home alone eating Benadryls. But they're yeah. not there. They're not going to force you to think. They're not going to force you to care. You're really just watching like, Okay, what's next? Yeah, great, great art never really came from money in the way of like, um, I always, I always think great art comes from struggle, comes from living life, being well-rounded, you know what I mean? That's where the great art comes, you know, being able to tell a story that can make people think, make them feel something, you've got to be able to tap within them and something that hits them at a personal level. Um and you know what you know that that's what's so disgusting about the art form of film is like it's kind of just now it's whoever's got the most money can do it. You even take like um, I've been noticing a lot of like if I'll see like a like a Facebook like a video or like an Instagram video like you get a lot of shit floating around about these people that'll just do like 
they'll just like let paint fall on a canvas and it's so lazy. They'll create a cool design, but there's like no soul to it. You know what I mean? There's nothing yeah. to it. You got people, you got rich kids that'll fucking drink colored liquid and throw up on a canvas and call it fucking art. You know what I mean? It's like horrifying. But, um, yeah. And I'm not, you know, I hate to break it down like that between like rich and poor. I mean, it's definitely there, but it's really unfortunate that, you know, they almost feel like money is the way. Money is not the way. You know, if you got money, lose your money, and then you'll come back with something to say. You know what I mean? You'll actually be able. Well, to- I mean, I mean, the thing is, of uh, when when you got money, you can do whatever you want. Okay, and really? it it makes things a lot easier. I mean, that that's 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 the way it is. Yeah. Um, I remember I was talking to someone, and they. I wanted to be an actor and a, uh, you know, young 20 year old guy and, uh, uh, asked me my advice because he's now I've done independent film and, and all that. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. You got, uh, you got two choices. You can either a go to film school or B, you know, try to make your arts, um, you know, with your friends by yourself with uh, all the with phones and that kind of stuff, or mm-hmm. you know, go get you know editing software. And I'm like, well, here's the thing: I've never gone to film school. Okay, um, I've known people who have, and I've also done some student films. Uh, and honestly, the only reason I did it was just to see, you know, the type of people that were in that uh, were planning on being directors of the future, so to speak. And one thing I've learned about film school is that a lot of people, um, honestly, uh, it's it's great to go in there and get the fundamentals, you know, knowing all the, I guess, uh, How the, the camera to say about. stuff, yeah. Yeah, and... and and you know, close ups and all the different shots it and the types of shots. Second. Yeah. Yeah. What and, and, yeah. But the thing is, honestly, the best thing about film school is simply one thing, just connections. Correct. That's the only thing. You don't give a fuck about making something original if you just want to, you know, get into the film industry, get in a, a job being a director on like T V or or something where it's just you know, cut and paste. You know, you set up the camera, you set up a three shots, and you throw things together. That's film school. Okay, mm-hmm. they're not going to... They're go, They're like all other educational platforms where they go by a syllabus. They teach you the bare... Uh, bare essential. ...of the uh, industry. Yeah. And you go from there. Right. Now, if you want to actually try to create something new or have your own style, okay? My belief, honestly, is you got to learn, you know, on your own. Because when you get into film school, and I know there are those who go into film school that become great directors and they have their own vision, and that's usually because they have that before they go into a film school. If you don't have a vision for what you want to do or how you want to do film before you get into film school, you usually don't learn that in film school because they're just like, well, this is what you do. And they you're don't really... 
if you're going to film school because Pop said, it's time for you to get off the fucking couch and do something, and you said, I'm going to be a filmmaker. It's the wrong fucking deal. It's the wrong wrong route, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean... We need more yeah, soldiers. We need we need more one percent or soldiers out there fighting our wars, you know what I mean? Fighting the good fight. I mean, my my opinion, uh, the only big plus about how uh, things are now is it's easy for people to get stuff that they need to make films. Yeah. Okay. Now the fact is, your first film is going to suck, hands down. No matter who you are, yeah. first film is going to suck. Your second one probably will. Your third one probably will. Your fourth one probably will. Okay, but every single time. It's all about the progression. You learn how to improve. And the only way I could see anyone can really do that and finding their own way is doing it on their own and not having someone tell you, this is how you do it. Mm. When someone tells you how to do it, look at it, say, okay, I have to do this, but can I do it differently? Can I make this more interesting? This static shot of a car pulling into a driveway, Okay, we've seen it a million times. It's a easy, you know, connecting shot. Explains the car is going there. Okay, mm-hmm. think of a different way to do it. Something that you have not seen before. That is where you know, you know, you and 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 especially when you're doing this with like little to no money, sometimes you're forced to think like, well, I want this shot. I don't have a crane. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't have. A dolly. I can't get a dolly. But hey, can I make a dolly out of this? Can I do like one of Matt and my favorite director did? Put it on a plank of wood and just run yeah. down down and, 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 and make it move in cool ways? Damn like Sam Bain. Yeah. Okay, the, the, the fact what is, <laughs> yeah, uh, how, how did they learn that? Did they have someone say, hey, this is what just... No, they figured it out on their own. That's how creative people become creative. Yeah. And the fact is, I know it's all about trying to find your way and your own special voice. And unfortunately, I think that's what a lot of people are are trying to force out out of our society right now because they're trying to just not creative, um, uh, you know, creative voices and all that and make it like, hey, you know, we don't really need these people. We can just simply plug in an algorithm and, hey, you want a, a picture of Melon Monroe and, and Abraham Lincoln having tea together on the Titanic as it's sinking from an iceberg? Type it in right here and you'll have a picture of that right now. And you're like, wow, that's a cool picture. I wish I could draw that, but hey, instead of that, I just, you know, Typed it in, and I got what I wanted. Did did they learn anything? Did they force themselves to figure out how to draw that? Nope. It's it's ma- trying to make things that much more, you know, lazy. Well, the interesting thing to look at is right now is almost like the era of you can do anything you want to do, and it's almost like they're trying to stifle that. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, because if 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 you actually take the time to try to come up with something different, you know, they, they're like, well, is this based on the franchise? We can't put money behind something that's not on the franchise because a franchise guarantees that no matter how shitty my product is, 
people will go and see it. That's the whole franchise thing. Make one good movie, one good movie that has a possibility of building a bigger world and all that. Mm. Get people sucked in, okay? And then make shitty sequels and, and spin-offs and all that that, you know, it's like, oh, we're expanding the universe. Oh, the multiverse. Hey, this brings back people that did this character, you know, 20 years ago. You got, you got to blame, again, you have to blame the, the budgets and, and, you know, them making a billion dollar movie, them paying an actor 20 million. That's why they're doing these safe bets that they know are going to get butts in seats. It's like if you're spending, they don't want from the business point of view, which is show business, unfortunately, you know, fortunately sometimes, I guess, but like when it's business, they got to be able to get their money back. You know what I mean? So like there's yeah. that aspect. So that's why, you know, you'll see all these different reboots and sequels to shit that they never even should have made the original to. Hey, hey Matt. Yo, what up, bro? What up, bro? I, 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 I have the secret for the producers to make so much money that they can ever dream of and doing things with a lower budget. Okay? Hmm. Or, yeah, but then you because, because on I mean, hey, it. you got to you got to have someone. I feel like you got to have somebody who enjoys horror and has enjoyed it for a while to jump in and be like any genre to be able to jump yeah. in and do it. And they're not well, they're not I mean, I mean, I mean, horror. They're just trying. I mean, to here, here's here's the thing, okay, which I always find interesting. Okay? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Is is that you know you have like the first Halloween, you got the first. You know, Friday the Thirteenth. You got, and you know they're they're made for very little money, mm-hmm. okay? And they end up having huge profits, okay? The and going off what you said, the big problem is you got these blockbuster films doing billion dollar budgets, and they're not making back the money. Mm. Why? Because they're doing billion dollar budgets. If they just take the exact same thing, and just scale it back down, okay? Okay, scale it back down and make a film, okay? A good film, a good film for $200,000, okay? And then... Hollywood can make a $200,000 movie anymore with all their... They can, they can. They can do it in two seconds. They can do that in two seconds, okay? It's very easy. Hollywood can, but they're chicken shits, Okay? It is so easy to just scale down the amount and actually spend the time to do a good story, interesting story on a smaller budget, a $2,000 budget, okay? Yes, they're not going to have Will Smith. They're not going to have any of the huge names. Go with some of the smaller supporting actors, characters. I know a lot of them that you can get for very decent wages. Yeah. Put them in. Okay, and you put that out there, okay, and they'll definitely make it a good, a huge profit off of that. Now, are they going to be making a billion dollar profit? Probably not. Right. Okay, but I mean, if you scale it down and you do it like that, then you know, the if if you try to create something good that with a smaller budget. That when you put it out to the audiences and all that, then you have a wider range of profit right there. 
But too many people are just uh, uh, want to focus on, hey, these safe, uh, safe bets, which in the end, people are going to get sick and tired of that. You got the Marvels movie that came out where they lost a lot of money on that because no one gave a shit because it was shit. Okay, no, no one cared. Okay, it was boring. Okay, but the, budget, the budgeting for marketing a Marvel movie is bigger than the budget for half of the films, the smaller films in their roster. So it'd be more of one of those things of like appropriately because every now and then Hollywood does put out good films, but they never. We'll take like Darren Aronofsky for instance. You know, I think he's one of the he's super indie still, but he makes movies within the system. And like the whale, dude, like the la- like the whale, I thought was a great film. Not a lot of promo for it, you know what I mean? Um, same thing with Mother. A lot of people didn't like Mother. I thought Mother was really good. They didn't pro, they didn't market it, you know, like take some of the money. People know when fucking Avengers 17's coming. You don't get a flood their fucking TV with it. You don't get a flood yeah. all the, all the shit at the theater for it. You should distribute, you know, better distribute the, the marketing. For the films, and I think Hollywood's yes men folks. So when they go, we could market this really small indie film that Aronofsky did that we made for seven million, and you know, but I think they're like, what, what's the audience? What, what type of audience is going to come out to that? And they go, really, just like an artsy audience, so to speak. So they'll be like, all right, it'll be good with them, but we care more about we'll give a hundred million dollars to market Iron Man seventeen, and it's like, dude, people. Those those comic book movies, like those are the movies that need the promo the least because the fan base is already supposedly yeah. into it. You know what I mean? Showcase like a like a something, dude. Like the whale. Did you catch the whale at all yet? I I have the movie. I have yet to watch it because very, I've been busy old. doing other things. Anybody with anybody that's ever held the belly, ever had a big old belly on their on the bottom of their chest, dude, is good. Will feel that movie because. They tapped into something there. Um, and a lot of people are hating on it, but it's like, you know, I remember somebody talking about talking shit about like how it eat all this fucked up food. I won't tease too much of it. Like he was eating gar- like, pe- like peanut butter and jelly with like potato chips in it. And it's like the dude's eating suicidally. You know what I mean? He's like, it's not for, you might laugh at it or whatever, but it's not. It's not a comedy thing. It's to show you. It's it's deeper than regular Hollywood films, which is what Aronofsky does. Yeah. He goes way deeper. He makes you actually... Like, Aronofsky's one of the only filmmakers that I can think of that makes, like, Hollywood films, if you will. Like, they, they got the big... They'll go to theaters and shit. He's the only one that I can think that makes movies that make you actually, like, think, which is, like, kudos. You know, been a fan for a long time. Hopefully, we'll get him on the Boombastic cast soon. But it's like, yeah, Mon, give that movie more marketing. Give that movie a more of a push. You know what I mean? Like I said, people are going to go see Superman 24 because they liked Superman 23 to 1. You know what I mean? So they're going to go check it out. They don't even, even know. Even even, even if, uh, for example, they love Superman 1 yeah. and did everything after that, They'll still go see Superman. They want to. They love the material enough. They want to love the new movie. They yeah. Really I mean, I mean, I've had people come up to me and say, "God, man, you know, I'm sick of remakes. I'm yeah. sick of these superhero movies. I'm sick of you know these franchises." And the next day, they're like, "Well, I just watched the new 
the Marvels or, or, yeah. or the newest, uh, you know, Harry Potter movie. And I'm like, wait, didn't you just tell me you hated everything that they did after this? Yeah. Then why did you? But you know, maybe maybe this won't be good. It's like, no, it's not. It's never going to be good. It's going to be the same old shit because yeah. you keep on going to it like a fucking fast food restaurant. Yeah. yeah, you keep on going to the fast food restaurant, and they're going to keep on giving you shit because you're still going. But you're like, oh, it'll be better. No, it, it's never going to be better. Mm. Because the only way things get better is when they realize they can't get your money. If you pull back your money and you say, listen, I want to love these films. So take the time to actually make a good film. Mm. I mean, it's, it's funny because when I'm talking to people, and and uh, we're talking about a you know mildly independent film, okay. Yeah. And we're talking about a billion dollar budget, um, you know, franchise movie. And they give the independent film crap because it obviously didn't have a huge budget. Some of the things weren't as polished or as good as one would like. Or, or stuff like that. And they give the independent film a lot of crap. And they let the big uh, franchise movie slide. Even though it's a war story, um, you know, tripe dialogue, and bad editing. And of course I'm like, well, if I'm watching those two movies, and even if the independent movie is not great, I'm going to give it a lot more credit behind it because it's doing a lot with not with little money okay when you have a big budget film okay that's spending you know millions of dollars on special effects on writers on actors and all of that and that movie isn't good that's a worse movie even if you say both of them aren't great movies if if one has a huge budget and one has hardly any of a budget, and the one without hardly budget is, you know, it's not great, but it's fun. Yeah. Okay? It's a better movie than the multi-billion dollar movie because the multi-billion dollar movie has no excuse for failing. If you, if you have a million dollars to make a huge film, you have no excuse. You got the actors. You got the writers. You got the special effects. You got everything to make it good. If it's not good, you suck. Right. Because you got all all the pieces to make it good. If you can't make it good with all that money, then you have a worse project than this independent film that you might be like, eh, the acting's a little wooden. Um, I couldn't really believe, you know, some of the chemistry, but Overall, it was mildly amusing. I give that a lot more credit because they're doing it with, let's say, a $10,000 budget instead of a billion-dollar budget. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just how I feel. It's like... I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's. I mean, I've been a part of a bunch of different independent films, some bigger, some smaller... I mean, nothing that has come even close to a million-dollar budget, okay? 
And and the fact is that I look at, at these things coming out of Hollywood and I I remember a time. I remember a time where I would always run to the store to get the latest film or try to see what's coming out and I'd go pick up the DVD, take it home. Sometimes I, I enjoyed it, sometimes I hated it. But, you know, that was fun. Right. I I go to the video store to pick up a DVD now, and I go home empty-handed about 90% of the time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if I do come home with something, it's always something that's an older film that I did not have, that I wanted to have. Or, or, or a film or that you know I heard about but haven't watched, but usually or a new Nick Cage films. movie, or a new mm-hmm. Nick Cage movie. Well, Nick Cage is at least amusing. I mean, especially in his lower budget films. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, it's it's the fact is I go and I see these films that come out and I'm just so underwhelmed. I mean. I used to be, you know, so psyched about, you know, the upcoming films that are coming out and be like, man, I can't wait to see this. And now it's kind of like I have no interest. I don't care what Netflix is coming out with. I don't care what's coming out on, you know, any other streaming service. I honestly, now I end up watching a lot more YouTube videos because, you know, that's more interesting you, than than watching some of the uh, films kind of coming out of Hollywood. True, especially the Boombastic guys. Oh yeah, for sure. So, now I agree with you 110. percent Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. It's probably going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. Oh no, no, no. I mean, uh, mark my words. We're going to keep on going down this rabbit hole. People are going to still keep on going to watch the franchise movies. Uh, producers are going to keep on trying to make it uh, cheaper and less creative, and you know, and people are going to accept it because it's fast food to cinema, baby. Fast yeah. food to cinema. The only change we're going to get is we're going to, you're going to start seeing Hollywood filmmakers go go down from their fifty million dollar movies to their three to seven million dollar movies, and then pat themselves on the back for making no budget films. And because they're yeah. such independent spirits that they can do that. That's the future of uh, the next level. Next, I don't know. I don't think that's much of a future at all. There'll always be a future. You know, Frederick Ford Coppola said something years ago in an interview where he was like, he's like, the future of cinema is like a 13-year-old girl making a movie on her cell phone. That dude hit that fucking right on the head. And I think that um, even though we're getting older, you know, I do think that... There'll be, you know, some young, that's what the future is. There'll be these new, because people can make movies on their cell phone and it's so easy to make now, you'll catch that, you know, like, so, and that's what's cool about it being so easy is that, like, we don't have money to make movies, you know what I mean? But, like, kids are able to get out there, and I'm all for it, people making movies, whether they have a, a billion, we're not trying to go at the rich here because... The reality of it is it all depends on the person. You could have a billion dollars and you could treat people like humans and good and you're A-OK. Or you could be a billionaire and treat people like shit. The same way we've seen people that have zero money be good to people and people that have zero money treat people like shit. So it's all a matter of the person, you know what I mean? Which is kind of like 
I think every filmmaker needs to, every filmmaker, you know, they start off with no money. So I think that they do kind of look at the upper people almost like a villain, but we're all in the same boat. There's certain people that are just villains in general, whether they have no money or all the money. So you can never really just say the rich are bad. You know what I mean? Cause there's a lot of good rich people out there. We've met people that are rich and good people. And it's, uh, so you can never really, it's, you don't want to blanket everybody with it, but yeah, dude, it's a really fucked up thing, you know? Yeah. Well, again, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, going off of what Matt said. Yeah. Why not? That, uh, it's all about if you want to create something new and interesting or you just want, you know, be pat on the back, say, oh, you're a filmmaker. Because there's a lot of people that just do it because they 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 like being called a filmmaker, not because they're actually trying to do anything as a filmmaker. Hell, we knew a filmmaker back in the day that only called himself a filmmaker, so his dad wanted to make him get a real job. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm and I my mean, dream, Daddy, I'm pursuing my dream. Don't make me get a job. But yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact is, and I know I, I probably, you know, sound like an asshole, but I, the fact is that I think what we need is we just need new ideas and something new, you know, film wise, whether it comes out of Hollywood or somewhere else, because right now, all I see is the same old stuff yeah. and no one attempting to try to do something new or interesting. There's very few. There's yeah. very few. And a lot of them uh, get overshadowed by these big blockbuster films. And um, I think that was... Oh, shit. I think it was either Martin Scorsese or an, another director of his caliber. Yeah. That said... Uh, that, you know, uh, the, the, the whole idea of content, because right now everyone's saying we need more content and all that is the same as, as I was saying before, like fast food. Right. Okay. Where content is something that you use and you discard. Yeah. That was Martin. That was Martin. Okay, that was good. Martin. Yeah. I thought it was. And honestly, that hits the nail right on the head right now. Hollywood is all about content and nothing else. Okay. What myself, Matt, and other independent filmmakers want to do is we want to make something that will last, something that means something. And you can look at at what we do as, you know, you know, you you might like it, you might not, but we're trying to do something that is either different or or just bringing back a feeling of films that touched us, that that made us want to do this. Yeah, yeah, I feel. And and Martin Scorsese is one of the perfect examples of a director that he created some great films that to to that today you can't watch Taxi Driver, you can't watch Goodfellas, you can't watch Casino without saying. That's a good movie. That is some, that's a movie that's saying something that is interesting that, you know, stays with you. Last okay. time I watched Casino, I thought to myself, 
Damn, how many times Joe Pesci get head in this movie? Fuck. <laughs> like fucking three, four times. Uh, play on, play a play on. You know what I mean? But again, I mean, it's, again, if anything I am to leave with you is the, the idea that all Hollywood is doing right now is making content. And as Martin Scorsese says, content is something you use and you throw away. Mm. Okay. It's not something you keep. It's not something that you want to keep on watching and be like, man, this speaks to me. This, right. you know, the visuals, the dialogue, the characters, you know, have an impact on me. Hollywood doesn't have that right now. There's very few things that I've seen that have come out in the last 20 years that I was like, oh, my God, that was good. I mean, Ari Aster is a perfect Great. example. Great. I he's, love Ari. Yeah. He's one of the few people that I'm like, oh my god, this this is good. This is you know something different, something that you know makes me want to go and actually watch film again. I, I recently watched Ty West's X that everybody's been talking about for a while, and I was they're very good. I, I've watched, I've kind of followed Ty West for a while. I remember when Ty West was like on our level, you know what I mean? Innkeepers, you know, way back. And, you know, it's good to see him kind of pop up and, and, and take, take hold of like Hollywood. Um, but yeah, like even that X movie is like, that should have been promoted more. Um, it was a very well put together horror film. Um, you know, I know that he's, that was an A24. He did that with A24, who, you know, we got friends that don't get down with A24, of course, but I love A24. I think they're the best distribution company, production company putting out films, whether it's horror, whether it's art housey, like The Whale. They put out that everything, with everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, yeah. Which I showed, Alex had that. I seen that with him, and that was a really good flick. Um, I think A24 is doing it. Blue, you don't even fucking hear about Bloomhouse anymore. Bloomhouse was dog shit, unfortunately. Unless they want to produce one of my films, and they're 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 fucking it's a beautiful thing. But I think that they but they were becoming like almost Marvel horror. They were getting too big, and like they were they they were doing though. I believe I believe the Halloween reboots came out through them, and uh, they're just. Yeah, they made a couple mistakes. I they made some movies I think that were a little too PC. And man, horror movies should never be PC, dude. It should it should be all, all bets are off, no holds barred, Hulk Hogan style. You know what I mean? It's uh, especially if you're trying to scare people because everything's been done. There ain't nothing that hasn't been done before. You know what I mean? And uh, a twenty four all day long. They got my love. Uh, the my favorite production house right now. And has been for the last couple of years. It's A24 all day long. Um, super cool. But, you know, while, while we were kind of on the realm of, of budgetaries and funding, I think we should pop into, you know, a, a really current event thing that kind of popped up the other day with the Indiegogo situation. If you're cool to move into that, if you got more stuff you want to say about this, we can. Oh, no, no, no. I mean... And with the Indiegogo, I don't know all the specifics about that. Very uh, we, fresh, very new. This is very yeah, new. So, so, yeah. um, one of the people uh, we know popped up saying, I guess Indiegogo are changing their rules and uh, of what they're going to allow on their website to be funded. Um, 
I think one of the things is like not anything that uh, pushes like over the top nudity or you know uh, gore. I think and Which other stuff. Like I know nudity in film. I know you know just nudity for nudity's sake. I never put it in our films because I, it's just stupid. I think it's stupid. You know, not, not that I don't like looking at some breasts and some swinging penis or nothing like that, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, like just, just same thing with gore, like just gore for the sake of gore is kind of pointless to me. I like a lot of the, the comedic, the comedicness of it in older films is nice, but like same thing with dropping the F bomb, dude. Like if you have fucking your movie like 800 times, it kills your movie. Yeah. You know I mean? um, well, I mean, he's, he's, yeah. All right. Well, here's my he's opinion on that. Okay, I understand that, you know, um, there should be regulations on stuff, but he, and, and again, I don't know all the specifics of the regulations, but here's my opinion. Um, their regulations should not be on the contents of the Indiegogo, but on making sure those who are doing the Indiegogo yep. follow through on perks. For sure, for sure. That's a See, big... That's the thing I find interesting. Okay? If what I heard is true, okay, if Indiegogo is pushing saying, well, we don't want you to uh, uh, try to get money for your project because we think it has too much gore, too much nudity, it's not politically correct, it's not about this, okay, that is cutting down your base, okay? Because I got news for you, Indiegogo, that the people who are using you are trying to do something that is not going to be mainstream, yeah. okay? And, and yeah, you'll have those that might be doing a child-friendly, uh, you know, story, and others will be, you know, down to the balls, to the wall, you know, graphic content, you know, gore movie, okay? I I think the whole whole thing and why I think Indiegogo was good, standing with Kickstarter, was they were giving independent outlets a way to raise money for the films. And as we know, that is an extremely hard way to do it. Content yeah. shouldn't be an issue. The only thing on content I will say that I would I would say if they wanted to ban certain content on on their thing fan films i think it's a it's a corporate thing it's a way for them to make more money they'll do something like indiegogo x where the, you're allowed to go on there but you have to pay a thing a monthly Probably. thing to join it and the whole well, thing that caught my ear with that real quick is the corporate aspect of it indiegogo has gotten so big that i wonder that you know there's always the hollywood trying to crush out the indies because they do have the, you know, the, the, the new styles coming from them, the new, you know, the, the, you know, just the, the storytelling. Um, and I do think that at a certain point, there is a part where the actual Hollywood system goes, these movies are coming up a little too quick. Like you take Terrifier, Terrifier raised $200,000 or whatever it was in like two days when they went to go make the sequel. And it's like, Hollywood would much rather be able to have their hand in that pie. You know what I mean? And be like, oh, well. You know, that, you know, take away from, cause really the only way for, I think, cinema to really survive is for both worlds to exist where you have your Hollywood films and you have your independent films. And 
I don't think Hollywood likes that. I think they like to have no, the no. in the whole pie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it's the whole, you know, um, you know, the the fact is, how, even even if an independent film like Terrifier comes out and make a great profit and all that for for themselves, Hollywood sees that as a threat. Even if it's not even close to a million dollars or the budget that Hollywood likes to swing their dick around and say, hey, we can do that. You can't. Okay? Even but like your even like your buddies at the Mahal Empire who does Indiegogo a lot, like when they what what are their campaigns usually campaigns usually go they go to like what two hundred thousand they're looking for? Or how well a hundred thousand dollars is always the beginning. Yeah. And usually they surpass it. Um and that's usually the beginning of the campaign and then they have like finishing funds. Usually they end up doing another hundred thousand or fifty thousand. Which, you know, in the end you can uh you know, in the end they raise two hundred thousand. And and the fact is that Indiegogo, Kickstarter, all those things, I mean, give us independent filmmakers a chance to, you know, raise funds. I mean, there are those that make it, some of those who don't. Yeah. Uh, what, again, going with what I said, where Indiegogo should crack down is there's a lot of people who also, they have no interest in making a film. They want to, you know, swing the people the scam. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. They, they, there's they, a, yeah. There's a lot of those and I don't think uh Indiegogo is is um cracking down on those. That's what, if if Indiegogo wants to crack down, okay? Those are the people that they have to crack down on and it's less about content and it's more about people abusing the system because there's I, a lot of people that abuse the system, okay? I know that um, I don't think they care much about the, the abuse of the system because they're still they, they don't system. they don't but I mean getting a cut they get a cut of all that money so as long as they're big they're making money that they're not going to fuck with them because they're putting money true. in their pocket true but then they shouldn't have any regulations whatsoever with the content that's uh people are trying to raise money for okay like so if if they're swinging their thing around saying hey we want to uh, now say you can't be on our platform because we think that X, Y, and Z that you have in your film doesn't meet with our criteria. But at the same time, they're not going to go after this guy who's doing all the things that they said with their content, but yet at the same time aren't uh, giving out perks, are lying about perks, lying about you know, people that are going to be in their film and so forth and so on, and they don't go after that, I mean, it's kind of like, then um, you shouldn't, if you're going to have it as the wild, wild west, keep it as the wild, wild west. Don't try to say, oh, those who are trying to uh, create new and different content that might be pursing the envelope is a bad idea, but you have those who are saying, yeah, I got Tom Sizemore in my film. Wait, he's dead? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scumbag. Yeah. They'd make great Hollywood producers in training, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know I know that, like, somebody said something about, like, if you're giving away, like, perks that are, like, Funko Pops or something you don't quite own, that was an issue, too. I mean, that very well could be if you're 
if you're offering like, okay, you can get our character, the Funko Pop of our character, which you're not going to, if you don't, you know, it's money, dude. Like you're getting pretty, I think it's like 120, 150 bucks. You get your own, maybe even more. You get your own Funko Pops. Cause I know you could make them, um, for a while, but like, I don't know what the deal is. Or if you're giving away like a Freddy Krueger fucking Funko Pop, it's quite possible that Funko don't want to be associated with your fucking movie. You know what I mean? It could be an issue with that where there's, they're, they're cutting down on that stuff. Oh yeah. But I mean, that, that's an issue with Funko Pops. Okay. And I mean, the thing is that again, going with what I said, if they're putting up a, a perk that they can't fill, okay, yeah, you can go after them for that. But if the only thing you're going after them is like, well, we don't think that the, the plot or the type of film you're trying to make is one that we want to have on our, our, our thing. I mean, Things, uh, films will sink or swim with how much people are willing to put money into it. And the fact is, Indiegogo is getting a cut of that. So, the fact is, the only reason for them to start cracking down on the content is to, you know, either that they're now having people from Hollywood putting pressure on them, or they're getting some, you know, money under the table. I feel that it's a big corporate thing where some conglomerate that owns Indiegogo, just bought Indiegogo with other companies, is also someone that runs Sony Pictures or something. That's kind of what I think it falls into. Probably. Probably. I'd, but be, I'm curi- the- I'd be curious to see what, if, if Kickstarter switches up too, because I know that the preferred reason to go to Indiegogo was because if you don't reach your goal, they still give you the money. Whereas with Kickstarter, if you don't reach your goal, you don't get any of the money. Yeah. And, you know, we've never had, at least me personally, um, I've never had any luck with Indiegogo. We, we did one Indiegogo page for DJ Stan, and we raised $45, maybe even 43 Um, And it was just kind of pointless. I have kind of my own vibe of how to be successful. Not that I know how to do it, but I have a good idea of the, the, the Indiegogos that are successful. I think that they, they you know, there's some, some slick shit getting pulled on that too. Uh, some smoke and mirrors, if we will, you know, I'll say that. But, um, yeah, it's just a weird, not, nothing the Hawkman does. He, everything he does is on the up and up, of course. But I think that, um, I think it's a corporate thing. I think that there's a big corporate dealio. Hey, can we pause for a second? Sure. It just have to go. All right. You'll have to edit it. So, yeah, we can pause. Well, this isn't video. This is just Spotify, isn't it? Well, I'm gonna. I'm, we put this up. This is for the the Patreon. Get the uncut version. So I'll 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 uh, I'll 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 make the Patreon people happy real quick. Go take your pee. <laughs> Patreon people, nice to see your face in the place. Doing a big here. I just went solo for a second while the big man went to go drain the lizard. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, the Indiegogo and the Kickstarter thing is an interesting thing because they're both Kickstarter came into the fray earlier. And uh, I think Indiegogo really only spawned out of the fact that if you didn't reach your goal on Kickstarter, then you don't get any of the money. But at least with this, you get, you know, whatever you raise after they take their cut. And, uh, yeah, the Hawkman, uh, well, he was talking about it earlier, but, you know, the perks are a big deal um, where people aren't living up to them because there's really no... Sometimes there's a date when you're supposed to get your shit, but with making these films, 
things happen. So it's not unlikely for if you say the movie is going to be done by January 2024, you run into an issue and ain't done. You know, it could not be done to the middle of January, the mid middle of fucking 24. You know what I mean? So like in a situation like that, we can't really, you know, things happen. But like you'll see perks where, you know, you get whatever you get the signed poster, the copy of the movie, you know, copy of the movie all depends on when it's done, obviously. Um, credit by credits on there, by props from the movies, by walk on stuff. You know, there's all different types of perks that they offer to you. And again, half of them, if the movie never comes to fruition, you just lost your perks right there. And you know, the, the movie's not happening happens all the time for numerous reasons, you know, and it's not always incompetent people behind it. It's just the works of God sometimes and uh, maybe even the devil and uh, probably more so the devil. And uh, it's just a real tricky biz. You know what I mean? So let's pop back into it for the, we'll take a big pause, see the uh, pause and back into it with the ladies and gentlemen. Everybody should go check out the Patreon page of Boombastic Streaming. We got no demons up in there. No demons on the streaming. You know what I mean? So, Alexander Hawk, as we venture back into the crowdfunding world, I do think it's a corporate situation. I think that it's a, I think that's what it boils down to. I don't think that they were Indiegogo cares about the, the people getting fucked on their perks. I don't think they care about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they definitely don't. But, I mean, here's the thing, okay? Again, it's obvious that they don't care. They're getting money one way or the other, okay? But what I would say is the fact that if they start doing this, you know, then all the people they have are going to jump to, you know, uh, Kickstarter. And if if Kickstarter can't, you know, uh, fulfill that, someone else is going to go back and go back to how it was. Right. Fact is that yeah, there should be regulations, but you have to pick and choose the correct regulations. Okay, and if if you're going to uh, start, you know, cutting down on what kind of content people can create using your um, uh, form, then it's like taking out the reason why you're here. You're here to help people raise money for something that they're not going to get anywhere else. The regulation is if you can't pay our dues, you shouldn't be making a movie. Yeah, yeah, which is is stuff that we hear all the time. Talking about that earlier in the show, those paying those dues to the mafiosos of cinema, it's the same deal. And I do think that somebody in, I think that Indiegogo was probably, if if people looked into it deeper, they would probably realize that one, they were they were bought by a bigger corporation owns them now. Something probably changed hands. Maybe it's a religious group that doesn't want crazy things on their site like that. Maybe it's just people that don't want, you know, competition. Maybe it's one of the, uh, the, the like I said, the Sony picture type deal or something. I just use them as an example, but. I all unfortunately, you know, it does kind of you do kind of get the vibe every now and then that they're. they're if there was a way to stifle indie film, which I really, there's really no reason why they should be afraid. Yeah, they make, sometimes they're a little more creative and a little more, you know, 
I don't even know, but the, but like they'll always there's always going to be Hollywood films, you know what I mean? No matter what, unless the the system truly crashes and breaks down, which I don't think it ever will. I think in the worst case scenario is they will just not, you know, it would get to a point where they would eventually just kind of get into a partnership with theaters and that you could no longer put a movie in a theater if you're not a part of that deal, which it kind of is that way now because, it, you know, we've ran into issues too with everything being digital. Um, you know, you go to a regular, you got to find like a mom and pop theater or an art house theater to show your movie. You can't just go show, you know, in DJ stand the man will say at whatever Cineplex on a Saturday night, because, you know, a lot of people don't know it, but the reality is, is that Hollywood pays for their cinemas the same way we do. It's just when, when Hollywood pays for it, they're paying for like 1300 cinemas at a time, as opposed to us grabbing one. But like with them tagged in in a digital world, like if they want to play, Superman 24, if Superman, they're paying for Superman 24 to be in that theater, all those showings. It's all digital now. So like, if it doesn't play, if Superman 24 doesn't play at Hukamaka Duki Cinema at 8 p.m., there's a little red light that flashes over at that headquarters and goes, they call him up and go, why didn't our movie screen at 8 p.m. at Hukamaki Cinema? We're paying you. What's up with that? Um, and eventually they will, they're going to, the theaters will fall in line with, with, with Hollywood quicker than you, you know, they got their little deal because it's a separate thing. But once Hollywood can figure out a way to own those theaters, then it's all bets are off if they don't own them already and, uh, really shut people out. You know, people, you need to support your mom and pop art house cinemas because, uh, that's the few, realistically the future. Is that we have digital platforms too, of course, but we're always hearing stories of, of digital platforms taking advantage of the indie filmmakers and the people that don't have a lot of money. They know they're not going to be able to have the legal team to battle them. And they know that it's just kind of, unfortunately, the way it's just the hassle that they hand your dough. Um, it's real tricky stuff. You know what I mean? But it is, it's a class thing. It's always boils down to a class thing. Films are really cool to do. It's a blessing to be able to make a movie, whether you're making it for a thousand dollars or a billion dollars. It's always a blessing. You know, it's always a gamble. Who's to say if anybody will like it when it's done? And I think they're just kind of minimizing it because in a, in a weird world, it, the indies could, if things lined up the right way, that indies could have the same shake as a Hollywood film. It really only boils down to streaming and theaters because it's all about getting the movie seen. So, like, if you got, again, DJ Stand the Man. Like, I, I personally feel like you could take our film DJ Stand the Man and you could put it in a time slot for, you know, a couple weeks, you know, take out, you know, my big fat Greek wedding 45 and you put DJ Stand the Man in there. And I bet that it would probably do, and you give it some marketing promotion, like a budget for promotion, it would probably do just as good as any other film. You know, a lot of people I vibe with, they go, we're going to go see a movie tonight. They don't even know what movie they're going to go see yet. They're just like, let's go see a movie. Let's go see what's playing. So I really think that whatever people are offered, it's like what they're offered. And Hollywood knows that. Hollywood knows that if you were to take 
a DJ stand the man type film and put it in there right next to those other movies. They know that people would look at the posters, maybe even if they want to be super hard, superheroes and look at the trailer, which I think is even asking a lot. I think people just go off of the poster and names. So I guess right there is why they should be paid money because they're mainly the actors are selling the film to what we were talking about earlier. But for the most part, I think that's what, you know, kind of bothers Hollywood about indie films is they know that it's just a matter of who can give it the best marketing. And it's all about getting it where it can be seen. We get, I think, I don't know if this will drop before or after our next guest, but we had our, we were talking about film festivals or, you know, they're even like corrupt now. Not that they, not that they haven't always been, but like, it's definitely like a system where they kind of take, it's like the union thing, you know, it's like SAG. It's like they take the money of the people that are just kind, that'll do anything to get ahead, which is mean if I have to pay money to join this club, I'll pay the fucking money to join the club. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing with film festivals. It's like, if I got to pay fucking 70 bucks, 80 bucks, 150 bucks to get my film even to be looked at for this festival, I'm going to do it. You give them the money and they just say thanks for the money. And then they kind of hold out for, you know, whether it be a bigger film coming through, maybe somebody they know. Um, and then that's where it goes. And then, you know, I won't go too deep into it because I don't know if the episode will drop before this. So we get it, go pretty deep with it in the interview. Um, and we're going to go deeper later, but yeah, it's just an unfortunate thing. And the battle's there. The battle doesn't need to be there. The world the entertainment can exist with both low budget indie films. I mean, there's so many, there's low, but there's no budget, low budget indies. There's fucking, there's $3 million indie films. There's $7 million indie films. You know, then there's your 50, 50 million. I, I like to argue that they're not independent films. If, if, if you're in the million dollar market, I'm just saying. For me personally, I feel like the indiness is, is how much of the studio's hand is in it. I feel like if you're able to, if you're able to find five million dollars and you go out there and make the film and bring it back, I still consider that an indie film. Now it's not a no budget film, which people, they'd like to pat themselves on the back and go, yeah, fucking, oh, we all, we did this movie for seven million dollars, huh? Don't it look like an eight million dollar movie? Ain't that great? And, uh, you know, you want to find people. That's what we've always taken pride in is we usually make uh, turnout is good. We're like, we got no money, but you might think we had a little bit of money making it, you know, and like, that's kind of the deal. It's all, they all want more money in the, in the Hollywood system. So it's like, uh, who do they want to, you know, do we want to give this person $5 million so they can make us 4 million back? Or do we want to give these people 200? thousand dollars and make five million you know they want that um it's 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 all kind of a crazy deal it's all a crazy wild ride but um i i'd be willing to bet that if you people started researching into the indiegogo thing they would probably find out that recently it changed hands or something happened recently a change of heart um i don't think it's a matter of fucking over people the perks and stuff I don't think it's even a matter of content being too much. When I hear content being too much, I think of it as them saying, okay, they're all out to make more money. Like that, that, that Indiegogo X thing, which is probably going to be reality. You know what I mean? Like an Indiegogo that you have to pay monthly 
because everybody's getting raked over the coals by everybody. If you're in a, if you're making a film or you're doing music or whatever you're doing, you're paying into it. And you know, and you know, I don't have to tell you, you know, that you're paying into the, to play the game. You know what I mean? You're, you're definitely, that's how it is. So I think that's kind of, if you, if you go look, looking around, I think you'll find a corporate thing. I think you'll find an issue where, uh, it's just a money thing. They're probably just look, even YouTube, like YouTube, YouTube with their premium, it's like pay for YouTube and things will be better for you. You know, Amazon Prime, you know, it's all these different things. You pay, you pay to play, dude, no matter what you're doing. Nobody's letting you get anywhere for free. Um, it's just the way it is. And I think that if you boil down this whole Indiegogo thing, I think it would probably go over to a corporation now owns it that owns something else or just money in general. They're like, look, so many people use our thing where we start, we, we gave it enough time. It's like the drug deal. We'll give you a taste and then we're going to want money. I think that's where they're at. We're like, we gave you, we could be making more money off of these people is what it comes into. So with them putting rules and regulations on what you can and can't do, it's just probably because they're going to be releasing a new one that you pay you know, five, ten bucks, they'll start nice and small. They'll be kind enough to start it small for you. And then you pay ten bucks a month and hey, you can put up, you can put up whatever you want. You can put up nudity. You know, you can put up excessive gore. Go for it. But the problem is, is now probably the people that have that, that would, that would put money in, they might even have to go into a bracket now. They might have to go into a pay group just to be able to see your films. You know what I mean? It's all money. They don't. They don't care about anything else than money. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I dig. I dig. Yeah, we're probably this is probably a lengthy episode. We could probably start wrapping it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Is there anything else you really want to say in it? No, not really. We covered. Uh, I think I think we covered a great uh, part, and of course, you know, I mean, it's our opinions. You got me wrong. Things that we've heard. And, and, you know, and, and the thing is, my biggest, uh, bone of contention will always be that, um, the creative, um, soul, uh, being, you know, stepped on and pushed aside. I mean, like Matt says, it's all about money. Hmm. It's true in the end. And I know, yes, it's a business. Everyone wants to make money. People put in a lot of money. They want to make, you know, a lot of money back. I understand and all that. Um, Everything's a business now. Health. Yeah, but, but yeah, I I mean, the whole thing is that... If if you are going to do go into a business where the whole point of the business is to be creative or there's creative elements behind it, mm. is that's still a thing that has to be considered. Otherwise, just friggin' go and become, you know, a CEO of McDonald's or CVS. You know, something that requires absolutely no creativity except being money hungry. Okay. When when you you keep on creating the stuff that has no soul or really doesn't add anything to it, I mean, it's just it's just sad. And I mean, and you have people complaining about you know doing their films and they're like, oh, it didn't make money. It's because it's the audience's fault that they didn't come out to see my movie. It's like no, 
you just didn't make a movie that people were interested in. Okay. Mm. And when you have a million dollars or a billion dollar budget, you know, to do it, I mean, you have all the resources there to make it good. So why don't you make it good? One day you'll, they'll go into the theater. We'll be like going, taking a trip through TikTok where you sit down. And you just see a bunch of different videos from a bunch of different people. And that's what it is. I think that the studios are mad at the influencers. They see all these TikTok and YouTube influencers making all this money doing their content. And they're like, we need to make some of this. But they're coming at the wrong people. They'll come at the filmmakers. Come on. That's content creators. And it goes back to what Alex was saying earlier about the content thing. You know, and there's a big difference between content and entertainment for sure. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think the entertainment itself, uh, the entertainment industry, the entertainment aspect has has so diminished. Yeah. Because I'm, on occasion, you'll have something, you know, good and fun. I mean, heck, there's a movie coming out called The Holdovers with Paul Giamatti. Yeah. That looks good. That looks fun. Okay. It looks like a movie I want to go out and watch. Instead of all this other blockbuster stuff, which is just like, I, I've seen Fast and Furious once. I don't need to see the hundredth where all of a sudden, what, the, the, the car's going against dinosaurs or something like that? It's just ridiculous. Copyright that idea quick. Copyright that before that's the next thing. Oh, I'm sure that's in, in, in the, uh, the works right now. Prehistoric Family starring Vin Diesel. Not me. But yeah, I'm with you, brother. Well, we hope y'all out there with us too, or at least found something interesting in our speakings. You know what I mean? Uh, like Alex said, we could be right, we could be wrong. You know, hit that song. So, uh, with that being said, we hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the Boombastic Cast. I uh, hope you had a great holidays. I don't know when this is dropping out, so either have a great holiday or have a you know have a good Christmas. I hope you had a happy New Year. Maybe you know you never know where we're gonna fall. But thanks for y'all's support. Be on the lookout. We got that new flick coming. We got that boombastic streaming on the Patreon for anybody that want to get down and show some support that way. And, uh, you know, just watching and listening is support enough. We appreciate all y'all. Much love, respect. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Ooh, I burped. The Boombastic Cast. This show is a part of the Boombastic Media Network. If you enjoyed it, check out other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to watch and support the cause a little deeper, check out our Patreon page at Boombastic Streaming. That's Boombastic with two O's at Patreon.com. For uncut videos, past and present, from podcasts as well as early access and all types of boombastic goodies. Our podcasts and films all in one place. Plug in. We appreciate you and your support.